1: you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra
2: mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get your podcasts. Only pay for what you need when
0: you download the transit app in Ride Coda. Plan, track, and pay for rides right from your smartphone. Unlike daily and monthly paper passes, fares never expire because unused funds roll over to the next month. Never pay more than $4.50 a day or $62 a month, no matter how many times you ride. Digitize your dollars and save when you download the Transit app. Learn more at coda.com forward slash Transit app.
2: I'm Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast,
1: courtesy of Fanside. Welcome to a Friday Fiesta edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. And for some reason, we cursed the Tampa Bay Rays into blowing a 3-0 series lead to the Houston Astros. Uh, It's in the process of happening, and we cannot stop this stupid train. Uh, So if you want to yell at us about that, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review. We need mailbag questions more than ever, so leave a review and drop us a couple of questions, and we'll be sure to answer them on upcoming editions of this podcast. After we pay our penance for whatever we did uh, to bring this hellscape Astros race series to reality today, we're going to be talking about the house Steinbrenner, Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman postseason wrap up interviews, everything we learned from those and what we know about what's going on moving forward. And we'll also address the elephant in the room and that the American league playoffs are quickly becoming a trash heap and the Los Angeles Dodgers are quickly becoming Yankees West in a way that they probably did not want to be uh, Thomas. 3-0 has become 3-2. Uh, are you paying attention to this series? Do you care? I, I don't. I don't honestly know if I care.
2: Uh, do I care? Probably not. I mean, either way, whoever whoever goes to the World Series, we want the NL to win. So I think that goes without saying. 100. Uh, I love. I-, I thought, as I was saying yesterday, I thought that um, the only two cool. Um, oh no there's only one bad world series in my opinion and that would be Braves Rays I think all the other ones have a cool storyline I think Dodgers Rays is cool because the Rays are pretty much the poor version of the Dodgers Dodgers Astros speaks for itself uh Braves Astros would be sick I just don't see any value in Braves Rays I don't know about you um but I am paying attention to the series very loosely uh Trying to not channel my energy into this 3-0 comeback. Uh, I've been rooting for the race since the beginning. Uh, as Cashman said the other day, you want to lose to the eventual world champion or the team that's representing your league in the World Series, and uh, that'd be pretty great. But um, the Astros are continuing to embrace this BS villain role. And here we are, game six. Framber Valdez is pretty damn good, man. I think this goes to seven. Um I think I think the silver lining in all this is that Pizza Fridays not dead yet. It's it's the it's not. We have we if you want to tune in tonight, you got two games still. You can root against either the Rays or the Astros. It doesn't really matter what happens at this point because you know if the Rays win, that's great. They're in the World Series. If the Astros win, we got a Game Seven and then stakes are high. And then we could potentially see Yankees West and the Dodgers get eliminated, and then the Braves go to the Braves. Deserve it, man. I like the Braves a lot. They went the, – the, the balls on this pitching rotation, holy shit. Like, imagine if we could get that. They have two – got Max Freed, who's what? This is his second full year as a starter yeah. after being, like, bounced around in the bullpen uh, from in 2017 and 2018. Um, Ian Anderson, flames, dude. The, guy, the kid's a rookie, just absolute lights out. His changeup is one of the nastiest pitches you'll ever see. And just ice pouring through these guys' veins. Did they step up against the second best offense? They they have the the Braves, believe it or not, had the best offense in the in all of baseball throughout this shortened season. Dodgers had the second best. These two guys step up, completely get the job. I know Ian Anderson only went four innings, but that's because his pitch count went went up and he labored, but he didn't give up a run. And he really he really shut these guys up and the Dodgers the Dodgers came alive for those last two innings and it didn't matter. And then, you know, they had their little moment in game three or yeah, game three. And now they blew it. Kershaw blew it again. Um, but the Dodgers offense also blew it. You got to get a hit against Bryce Wilson. I'm sorry. Um, just
1: Yeah. I mean, it's infuriating to watch Bryce Wilson yeah. do that. Like up two one, right. Again, we, we yeah. counted, we gave the Dodgers a series because they scored 11 runs in the first inning. Stupid. We should know better. I mean, that never You know, you can't end a series at game three. You got a lot more work to do unless you're the Red Sox or the Astros and you just start the boulder rolling. Like if you're these teams that are historically successful, you can start the boulder rolling and it's like, ah, one game. All right, well, it's done. Uh, But we we gave the Dodgers too much credit. And Bryce Wilson uh, in essentially the Davey Garcia role, you know, not to be a dillweed, but comes out.
0: Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad.
1: They go, we got this rookie pitcher in game four. It's really all we have. So if Bryce Wilson succeeds, great. Bryce Wilson fails. We're at 2-2. We bring our big guns back tomorrow. Um, Bryce Wilson threw six one-hit innings. And and Davey Garcia threw one one one-hit inning, uh, which is not enough. Uh, (laughs) It's it's approximately five fewer innings, and it really does not set the tone for any sort of game. I hate to be doing this. Like, I hate that this is my take. And and I I just, like, I've read enough numbers. I've read pages and pages of numbers. Like, I should be smarter than this, but I got to say, Dusty Baker letting Zach Granky throw through the sixth inning of game four was so ballsy and so not correct, just objectively incorrect. Like, you will not read anything that says, you know, 4-2 game, first and second one out. Granky throws nothing but slop. Randy Orozarena is coming up as the guy who could give his team a 5-4 lead. One second and one at-bat after he already just tattooed a Granky curveball into the Western Metal Supply Building. Dusty Baker goes, I believe in Zach Granky. I'm, I'm going to, you know, he stays. He does. He's not going anywhere. Granky gets a Rosarane on like a BS check swing call first base. Uh, sorry the Rays got boned on a check swing. Oh, man, that's that's rough stuff. <laughs> it must really hurt for the umpire to, to take the bat out of your hands. And so first and second out, two outs. G-Man Choi just, like, dribbles a ball in the hole, and, and it's stopped. It's an infield single, but, like, Kudos to Dusty Baker for looking at that, going bases loaded, pressure still on. Greinke, you know, I trusted him for the last two batters. One of them struck out. One of them hit a dribbler, nothing. You know, I still have a two-run lead. If anybody hits the ball in that exact spot again, you know, a run scores but nothing more. So why don't we do it again? He faces Brasso, gets the benefit of some calls in the corners. 3-2, uncorks just a perfect changeup, strikes him out. Boone has never had that situational feel for the game in like the history of his tenure and, and that's fine and, and you know sometimes you read the book and the book absolutely tells you to pull zach Granky there and if Granky gives up the home run then a different story is being written about the series but also it's 3-0 you're down 3-0 you can take some chances being down 3-0 it shouldn't be that much different from being up 1-0 right you you yeah. you're up 1-0 in a series you have an advantage you're up 3-0 in the series you're down 3-0 in a series you have an extreme disadvantage right? you can do whatever you want i just feel like boone should be managing these games where he has an advantage like his you know like he's got complete freedom like his back is against the wall you know every game matters you know you're, you're you should you should stick with the people who are working instead of trying to pristinely piece together every inning of these nine inning games um, i don't know that's just me i feel like there's a lesson to be learned from that
2: yeah, I, I never disagree with pulling a starter unless shit is like really going bad, like it's just tattoo after tattoo after tattoo, um, and that really wasn't the case with Greinke. You know, he gave up a couple of he gave up a couple of rips and that was it. And if you if he, he's an experienced guy, it's not like you know you have a rookie on the mound and they're in an uncomfortable situation. And the one thing that I also hate is you're screwing up the the rhythm by taking somebody out and bringing somebody else in. And you're giving the batter a new look at, you know, Grinky has very interesting and different stuff than, you know, most people, most other pitchers do in the league. And on top of that, the Astros don't really have a bullpen. So it's tough to teach Aaron Boone. I mean, the the lesson for Boone is to just, you know, not be Joe Girardi and, you know, tinker with every single pitching decision possible and, you know, make every move based on your little binder of, 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 factoids. But Dusty Baker was put in a position where, you know, he what options did he have really here? Bring in one of the young relievers in this, I mean they sh- they shut they shut it down last night, so Apparently I mean I guess yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. they are good. Are so I mean, but look, perfect example of Boone pulling a starter when he didn't need to. Jay Happ against the Mets this year, why? Eight yep. eight and eight and a third. He's at ninety pitches, and you're oh man, righty's coming up. We got to take him out, even though he's faced rightys all fucking game and then and then you're going to give the Mets a completely different look after they have been unable to hit this dude and then you know what? and then they tied it but we ended up winning that game anyway uh but yeah just the you just I think you a you never take out somebody when they're rolling if there is a matchup that you prefer and then b unless the starting pitcher is getting absolutely destroyed which Gricky was not he was like I said, he was giving up. He gave up some rips here and there, but that inning he was not getting destroyed. He just let a couple of runners on. And like you said, G-Man just dribbling one into no man's land. You leave him in, you let him take care of business, and that's that. I, I, I agree with that, and I, I think, yeah, I think it's a good lesson for Boone. Boone, who, very young manager, Dusty Baker, who, oh, God, I was saying this last night to you. I can't believe, like, this could be Dusty Baker's big break. He's been fucking managing for how many years? He's gotten screwed so many times, most notably with that Nationals team um and then got let go the season after and now this is it this a uh, 30 hole with the most hated team in the universe and he could come back and make history with a 4-3 comeback And that would just, I mean, I would be happy for him. And I, but also I would just be eternally confused and hate baseball for the rest of my life.
1: It's unbelievable. I mean, he's the Clayton Kershaw of managers, basically. Like he, Mm -hmm. he's he's like a slam dunk hall of famer. If you just add one world series onto the resume. And that's not asking a lot. He probably deserves
2: one world series.
1: (laughs) I mean, not for nothing. Like Bobby Cox won one world series. Like he, he got into the, he skated into the hall and God bless him. Like, I mean, the Braves won the division every year. Yeah. So you're not going to get an argument from me on Bobby Cox being a Hall of Fame manager. But one ring. He won, he won the 95 ring in a short, in a strike-shortened season. And that's it. That's all Bobby Cox has. So you give Dusty Baker a Nationals ring, and he's in. And, and you give him, I mean, this Astros redemption story. Say what you will about the stupid people on this team, the Carlos Correa, who thinks they're being disrespected. But, you know, Dusty Baker really is being disrespected. And I yeah. wish... Like, I I wish that this weren't, you know, the situation he finds himself in. I wish he were leading the Pittsburgh Pirates from last place to the World Series or something cool. But we have, you know, the beloved Dusty Baker in the Astros dugout, and he's pressing all the right buttons. And it's really, it's a Dusty Baker thing to leave the starter in too long and have it backfire. And for it to finally work and to start keying this 3-0 comeback is just the most hilarious turn of events um and it really does you know you know you know the Astros were unlucky in the first three games of the series they out hit the Rays three straight times and lost three straight games Uh, it was very weird and so it kind of felt like karmic retributions but then again if you were being you know honest with yourself you would look yourself in the mirror and say karma is not real what is real are (laughs) are the statistics saying that the Astros have been better for three games in a row and they've lost all of these. So at the very least, they're, they're probably going to tighten the series if they get, like, one break. Um, yeah. And they, you know, cut it to 3-2 now. And it, it, as soon as they won game four, it's like, why don't teams come back from 3-0 all the time? This seems easy. Like, it seems like they're going to win tomorrow and probably the next day. And the day after that, That's you're doing, they're doing the 2013 Red Sox thing where guys like Craig Breslow are unhittable relievers all of a sudden. Like, the, the Astros have Brooks Raley. And you're like, oh, Bruce Raley's coming in. Nah, might as well sim to next inning. This guy's unhittable. It's like, who is that guy? He was in Korea last year. What are <laughs> yeah. you talking about? Um, but they're doing that thing where every arm that comes out of the bullpen, whether they're vaunted or not, feels pretty untouchable. It's very Rays-ish. It's what's annoying about the Yankees is that they have this Scranton shuttle, and it's these guys like Jonathan Holder and Loizaga who, who come in and just aren't good. It's like, where are the guys who are good? All these other teams have seven guys who are good. So kudos to the Astros, I guess uh the Rays blowing a 3-0 lead would unfortunately be pretty funny and there are no fans there and it'll never be easier for a team to make a 3-0 comeback than it is right now um there's you know they're in San Diego there's no the pressure is couldn't be more off there's the guy with the megaphone 700 feet away yelling at the Astros that they're cheaters and uh you know I don't think that's throwing them off so yikes I feel like we are headed for a game seven here um and you just have to cross your fingers either way though no matter what the outcome is someone you hate is having a terrible demise
2: yeah and that's i think that's a positive but i think this 3-0 comeback will have an asterisk next to it because the biggest ever very easy i'm not very easy it's much easier to do when you're not traveling when you don't have opposing fans when there are uh when because that now blake snell what is this game six? Oh, so he's on full rest um yeah because the Rays have the luxury of, I guess, going the bullpen uh, yesterday. But, you know, still, bullpen's not rested, so there's a lot of disadvantages. There's a lot of disadvantages for the opponent and a lot of advantages for the team trying to make the comeback. But it'll still be impressive nonetheless. Anyway, um, done talking about things I hate and people I hate, um, let's talk about things that I dislike, uh, and that's the New York Yankees. Don't hate the New York Yankees, but I dislike them very much right now. We had the end-of-season press conferences with our guys, Hal Steinbrenner, um, Aaron Boone, and Brian Cashman. A lot of interesting tidbits here. Um, like like I predicted, Hal Steinbrenner crying about money. Not crying, I guess, but mentioning the money, of course. Uh, stating that they have uh, lost the most of any franchise in Major League Baseball due to the pandemic. Um Makes you wonder what they're going to do in free agency. I uh, was reading MLB.com. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C
1: Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi
2: and say here's to OHIO where Pepsi and Life are oh so refreshing. Tommy yesterday and they seem to think the Yankees are the second most likely team to give Trevor Bauer a four or five year deal which how much money would that cost? 160 million, 150 million.
1: Yeah. And they I'll, think that I'll, about Real Muto too, that they've yeah. got the Yankees as the second most likely suitor for JT. That's Real not,
2: Muto. Uh, that's just not, uh, that couldn't be less of an answer for the Yankees. And I cannot okay. stress that enough. If you're, if, if you're, if you want JT Real Muto, you know who you are, you're a Mets fan. And that's not who we are. JT Real Muto is not going to turn around the franchise. Look at what we wrote on yanks, The stats really aren't that much different. I know JT Real Muto certainly, certainly passes the eye test way more than Gary Sanchez does. Um, but the numbers really aren't that much different with aside from batting average. And when you also look at the fact that I think real Muto has played 250 more games than Gary. And I think has, eh, I don't know. Don't quote me on this because I don't have the, the article open, but he's played a lot fewer games and the stats are not really that much different. Gary's power numbers and OPS, I think kind of blow him out of the water, but anyway, um, I think the biggest things to take out of this entire thing, and I want to know what, what yours are too, was one, Gary was the obvious one, the non-committal from Cashman. So Steinbrenner and Boone were kind of over the moon, not over the moon, but they were very optimistic about his prospects in 2021 and that he will bounce back and he will be an integral part of the lineup. And then Brian Cashman takes the podium Wednesday, late Wednesday afternoon and he said that there's no guarantee he starts. They're going to be evaluating the position and that it's clear he was disappointing. Uh, he didn't say those exact words, but it was it was very much on that trajectory in terms of saying like, well, you saw what happened. I saw what happened. It's not great. We have to probably figure something out. So those contrasting uh, responses raised my eyebrows. And then secondly was all, another Cashman thing saying that, Glaber Torres didn't commit to Glaber Torres being the shortstop of the future. Didn't really commit to him being the shortstop for 2021. He just said Glaber Torres is our shortstop right now, which I guess means maybe for like seven more days until they figure out another option, which we know is a possibility because we've heard the Francisco Lindor trades. We know Marcus Simeon's a free agent this offseason. We know Corey Seager's a free agent next offseason. Didi's a free agent this offseason. We don't know what'll happen, but he didn't sound overly confident about uh Glaber's Glaber's uh ability at short and when you look at the numbers I think he has 25 errors in 135 games at short which is very much not good I have two other things that I want to say that piggyback off both these things but what what did you get out of these press conferences
1: yeah I mean those were my I mean how could those not be your takeaways cash was really funny for some reason like it, it did feel like Hal was endorsing I mean Hal didn't really talk Torres and Boone obviously had nothing to say other than we're close, which like, yeah, of course we're close. Like we have the highest payroll and like half the best players in the league. And like, we're going to be close every year. Like that, you don't have to worry about being close. You have to worry about like the next part, which is winning the World Series or getting the World Series, which would also be nice. Um, it, luckily for the Yankees, it looks like the Astros might get broken up this off season. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have more work to do in, in finding your way to the World Series. So kudos to Aaron Boone for being close but they'd be close with or without a manager. This team could walk on the field every spring and be close to the World Series in theory. A lot of work still has to be done. Uh, But Cashman was really funny. Um, Just shooting from the hip and doing the Gary Sanchez is not guaranteed the role next year. And doing the Glaber Torres is our shortstop right now, as if Glaber Torres is Bubba Crosby. Like (laughs) the pre-Johnny Damon, Bubba Crosby is our center fielder. Like Glaber Torres is like a 23-year-old all-star, and he got the same treatment. Uh, so that tells you all you need to know, really, about where they're looking and where their eyeballs are when it comes to potentially filling that gap this offseason or next. You know, there's a huge shortstop free agent class next year. It's Corey Seager, Carlos Correa, Javi Baez, Trevor Story, and Lindor. Um, just everybody you could ever want. Uh, so you've got to – if you're Glaber, you got to worry about what that looks like. Um, I also thought it was really funny that um, Gaffin said he just – when they asked him about D.J. LeMahieu, he said he just saw D.J. LeMahieu at the stadium on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> like That sounds like a guy who wants to come back. And I think everybody – all we've heard from, you know, the, the brass, they've tried to make these like, curt little statements about D.J. LeMahieu's status. It all sounds like they understand what they'd be doing entering a room negotiating with D.J. LeMahieu. You know, Hal Steinbrenner, after saying he has no money, was like, I understand how important he is to the team, and I'll leave it at that. Like, it doesn't sound like they're going to slander him or try to lowball him or do anything like that it's just a matter of if somebody goes out of control and blows them out of the water and whether they would, you know, respond to that type of thing. Um, you know, I don't, I, are they going to let the Mets jump in front of them for Gigi LeMahieu? What about the Red Sox who haven't had a second baseman since, you know, 2016? Um, I wouldn't think so at this point. I would think that LeMahieu is a guy who feels comfortable being here. And I would think that the team understands that he's somebody who has to be paid a moderate to very high amount of money. Um, that's sort of what I took away from all this.
2: So wait that's that's a good point though. So now this is my nightmare scenario where the Red Sox just spent this year shedding payroll and trying to you know I guess weather the storm during the pandemic in hopes of everything kind of getting somewhat back to normal in 2021 where they get their their, their precious revenue back. But what if they what if this offseason they throw an extra 20 million at LeMay who say they offer them a 100 mil? over four or five years. Uh, and then what if they also add Trevor Bauer and just say, fuck it. And just like $250 million we're investing in these two guys. They have sale Bauer. They complete their infield with Lemayhew. Like I, I, like that's possible and out getting outbid is. I don't think anybody is anybody. It doesn't seem like anybody is considering the possibility that we could very much get outbid for DJ Lemayhew, especially yeah. with how many teams are, you know, could use a guy like that in the number one, in the middle infield number two at leadoff or literally anywhere in the lineup and then have him as a Swiss army defender. If, you know, your first baseman or third baseman gets injured or needs a rest or whatever. So very possible thing to, you know, that that's, it's a very realistic thing that everybody needs to consider more, especially because, you know, there's going to be financial constraints on our end because there is a lot of things that still need to happen, but that's my nightmare scenario because Bauer would of course be a perfect fit in Boston with his trash talking, his, you know, audacious character. It's, it just would, it it would just be so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, with sale back and fully healthy, that's a lethal one, 2 Um, and, uh, DJ, obvious DJ completes that infield. If you ask me, you know, you got Devers, Bogarts, TJ, and then, uh, uh, who's who's playing first Chavis who's who I guess. I guess I guess could be good eventually but yeah that's that's my nightmare scenario. I Resign I Mitch Moreland.
1: Um, yeah. I, I don't know I, I think like uh, the Bauer thing speaks to me for the Red Sox I don't know if the DJ thing does I think they would have to absolutely go crazy on the contract I feel like Mets is a more likely fit just be but I also just don't see DJ jumping to one of our rivals very specifically like if If somebody – like, if the Padres paid him an extra $30 million to hang out in San Diego, that feels more likely than the Red Sox being like, don't you want to stick it to the Yankees? Like, not really. He's at the stadium working out every day. Like, I I get being scared by that. But Mm -hmm. I feel like it's mostly frightened talk right now. The Mm -hmm. Bower to the Red Sox thing feels incredibly realistic because that guy's the worst. And he routinely comes up small in big moments. Uh, He slices his finger off with a drone when he should have been in the World Series. He, you know, absolutely gagged to us in the 2016 DS when he had a chance to finish the series up 2-1. I wouldn't even be mad about Bauer being on the Red Sox. Like, nobody's personality is more perfect. It would make that team into villains again. Some Yankee fans are infatuated with Bauer. I don't know why. He's the worst. I don't know why either. I really I don't. I genuinely don't know why. I don't know if it's – I think it's because he's extremely online. Like, I think the MAGA Yankee fans are like, you just <laughs> Bauer Oh good like, and QAnon's real, and it's like, I don't need these fans in my life, and I don't need Bauer on my team, so if he joins the Red Sox, I wouldn't even be mad. Also, the like, this is one of those off seasons where the Red Sox, if they're shopping, like, they're not shopping for luxuries. Like, right now, they're the clear, like, they have the worst future of any team in the AL East, like, far worse than the Yankees, Rays, and Blue Jays, and I would say that the Orioles have a better team ethos. Oh, for sure. And draft pick-wise than whatever the hell the Red Sox have, so, like, they're not putting, like, they're not putting a cake in, in the grocery cart and just being like, we're spending $120 million because we can. Like, they are behind everybody. So, assuming that Chris Sale comes back fully healthy, pairing him with someone like Bowers is a pretty big and, like, necessary step. Because there's not a ton. Like, I don't know if you believe in Tanner Houck after what you saw. Everybody's going to try to sell you on Nick Pavetta. I, I think the Red Sox are pretty far away right now, and, and they need to do some spending until, like, I'm – so that they don't fall further behind i still think george springer's a pretty realistic target for them too mm-hmm. and would be a good one um i think marcelo zuna is pricing himself out of fenway at this point uh because they're not going to have endless supply of money and that's just not who and bloom is like dombrowski would sign marcelo zuna i think yeah for sure he doesn't um, we'll see i i mean they they really do have to spend like we can whine all we want but like They are the Red Sox. They can't be as sad as they were in 2020 forever. And they need to make like one or two really high dollar additions to be, you know, a competitive team. They need to be what the Mets think they're going to be under Steve Cohen. Like the Mets think they're going to be some behemoth and like, we're entitled to be great because we're the Mets. But in reality, like the Mets are good once every decade and it's not because they spent on free agents. It's because they have this homegrown core. Um, The Red Sox probably need to be a a fire breathing behemoth this offseason. We'll see if they are. I feel like Bauer's pretty realistic for them and DJ, you know, if it's a need, I would be. I'm a little scared, but I, I do think it's more likely they go Bauer.
2: Well, you make that's good points, and that definitely eases my fear. Uh, but my other real fear is just I, I don't want it to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But every offseason, when you think something's a slam dunk, you know, and it's just so far not a slam dunk. I'm not saying this is that situation, but like everybody is seemingly thinks like DJ is just coming back to the Yankees. That's just what's going to happen. And it very well could happen. But what if the Yankees are just preparing for that to not happen? Because remember, as we discussed earlier in the week, when he was signed two years ago, he was brought on to just like be a utility dude that would help out across the infield. He didn't start 2019 opening day. Troy Tulowitzki did. And he has turned into this unstoppable force with, you know, value in so many aspects of the game, but he also upended the infield plans, especially if Glaber is not a shortstop for the future. So does it really, I mean, I'm just speaking from, you know, maybe the Yankees are going to be, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from a cheap Yankees owner perspective right now. Is it worth it to spend 80 to $90 million on DJ LeMahieu and trade one of Gio Rochella or Luke Voigt? And not get what you necessarily need in return, or is it more, or is it smarter to let DJ walk, keep this infield intact, move Glaber back to second, and then just add another shortstop, whether it's Simeon, whether it's DD, whether it's a Lindor trade extension, um, because that would be more worth it, I guess, from a front office standpoint, based on his—he's uh, a switch hitter, he's much younger, um, he's a very good fielder. Um, so I don't know. That's, that was another thing I was thinking because I, you know, I got wrapped up in the payroll comments because those are serious when they're saying stuff like that. I, I, it's not a joke. Um, and they had, there's a lot of other things to settle. They have free, they have stuff, they have rotation issues to settle. There's going to be the bullpen. They have to figure out this thing with Zach Britton. Are they going to trade Chapman? If they do, they got to add another high leverage closer. So I don't know. I'm thinking about that too because. DJ in the best way possible upended the infield plans and it's just happening to not work right now because Glaber is not looking like what everybody was expecting. And if the organization does I mean, look, we can always trade Glaber, but people don't we we don't want to do any of this. I don't want to have to do any of this. Do you? You don't want to have to do any of this. No,
1: I just wanted my team to be better. I just want it to be fine.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not advocating for any of this. This is just any and all possibilities that people need to understand around the table because if you're sitting there just going about your day thinking that, oh yeah, great. Three days after the world series, we're going to see DJ contract extension. Life's going to be good. Uh, I mean, we can't, there's so many different, there's so many other variables. This is baseball, you know, baseball is, baseball is crazy, crazy free agency. There's so many moving parts There's so many different positions to uh, take into account. Um, I know there's that, I know that there's no salary cap, but you need to be spending in areas that are smart. You need to have those cost-effective Guys under club control. The Yankees have that right now. And, you know, the more, I guess, excuses they have to not keep spending, especially because theoretically, if they do keep Glaber, you got to pay him soon. Judge has to get paid soon. Um, Voight, I think, and Frazier are on that same trajectory. They don't become – you don't have to worry about them for another three years or something like that. Um, yeah. Same with Urshela. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm just just speaking. Um, so the Yankees have a good mix of those high-paid guys and those guys under club control. But, you know, DJ LeMay, who's 32, is giving him 80 to hundred million dollars What this front office wants to do maybe, but also maybe not. I, I don't know. We, I we mean, don't uh, have clear answers.
1: Yeah. Objectively the easiest way to sort out an infield log jam where you're like moving these pieces around is to just let the one person who's not under contract go somewhere else. What we did with DD. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a Pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code radio. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Like it the doesn't exacting, feel good.
2: No, we were very unhappy when Didi left, but then you look at the situation, you're like, what were we going to do with this guy? There was nothing we could have done. And this it's, is the same I, yeah. situation.
1: Someone's going to have to go away. Like eventually,
2: if you mm-hmm. don't believe Gleyber
1: Torres is a shortstop of the future, then I have bad news for you. Someone has to leave because there, there are enough people right now to fill out the positions on the baseball field that exist. So until we add an additional 10th man who can't bat and can only play in the infield or a desert, like a, a, an extra lineup person. Like if you don't believe D- if, you know, D- gosh, if you don't believe mm-hmm. labor is a shortstop of the future, then someone has to leave eventually. And one of these people is not under contract for 2021. It's, it's just something to worry about for sure. Yeah um i don't know it does feel like there's going to be a lot of upheaval whether it's this off season or next like Mm -hmm. i think you should let it ride next season and if and supplement the pitching like don't let it ride don't bring the same roster back but i would i would extend dj i would keep the infield in place until next Mm -hmm. year and then try to figure out if glaber torres makes 35 errors at short and the team is worse than ever then you start to figure out how you move him Um, I'm still doomed by the fact that they didn't trade Miguel Andujar after 2018 and then decided that in in retrospect, they were going to both not trade him and not play him ever again when he returned from injury. I mean, not his fault. He tore his labrum up. Um, Life looks very different, presumably if that never happens, but just a a very much cautionary tale where we were all like, it's going to really hurt him if they trade Andujar after that rookie of the year ish campaign. Oh, well, guess what? Now he's just not even a part of this team at all just a year plus later we don't even have to think about him so life's weird life's bad uh hopefully they re-sign dj and try to roll the dice elsewhere but you know we're just warning you it's not a guarantee
2: yeah not not, it hardly ever is especially with how crazy the bidding gets in baseball and i guess the mets think they're gonna sign everybody and spend a billion dollars so uh happy for them if that happens we could very much we could very much lose uh dj LeMahieu. so
1: I hope they um, sign Springer. I hope that's just it. and that's the that'd, be really cool.
2: that'd, that'd be really great.
1: cool. That'd be great. That that would be ideal for reigniting the rivalry, and it wouldn't get in my way, and it would make the Astros worse. So that's where I'm at. I don't know. We Dude. shall see. Um, folks, we have a game six tonight and a Dodgers-Braves game. Uh, so like Thomas said, get that pizza ready for Pizza Friday. It's one of the final Pizza Fridays of the regular season. Before – regular season, what am I talking yeah. about? Uh, baseball season of the baseball season before like pizza Friday just becomes watching the hot stove and refreshing your John Heyman alerts, uh, which is a sad (laughs) kind of pizza Friday. There's no basketball. There's nothing to take the mantle away. Uh, There's just terrible, terrible football where every week a different team, the best news is that coronavirus tests were false positives. That's the best football news. Uh, So that's sports bad. So very few baseball pizza Fridays left. Please do enjoy it until next week. I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Wineroom.
2: And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Also, come, o- come on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got everything there for your reading pleasure. And we'll see you on Monday.
1: Yes, we will. Make sure to drop us a line on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We could use your five-star reviews and questions. And until then, we will see you next Monday. See you.
0: have to go so all out for my birthday
2: yes we did because birthdays are about showing your friends how much you care for them and how grateful you are for
0: them this is jamie from progressive no this is a great time progressive protects you 24 7 Mm mm-hmm oh i'm sorry that happened jamie can you hold on one second
2: uh i gotta take this call but remember birthdays are about togetherness contact
1: us 24 7 on the phone online or on the mobile app progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms